now you have seen and analyzed your opposition team, Denmark. Could you both share your thoughts about the team that you're going head-to-head -head tomorrow? Yeah, look, obviously, uh, they're a strong team. Um, they are ranked number 10 in the world for a reason. And, uh, but uh, again, I keep saying this, but the focus is solely on ourselves and uh, <clears throat> making sure that uh, the players uh, recover well and they're in a good headspace and ready to go. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, as the coach said, um, obviously we're planning, you know, a game style to play. Um, but the most important thing has been the last few days is to get ourselves um, in the recovery room and doing all the right things to, to get our bodies right for the game again. I think, um, you know, it's obviously every game at the World Cup's tough and it's going to be another tough one and we need to, you know, have all the energy and the, um, the fight again uh, for this game. Um, yeah, Arnie, Matt Bungard from Nine Wild Water Sports. Um, obviously, you can't control what happens in the other game, but it does have a bearing on what happens and, and how the team, what result the team needs. I guess my question is, particularly in the last like, 10, 15 minutes, what sort of, could you maybe take us through the logistics of how you monitor the other result in case you sort of need to go from needing a draw to needing a win or from needing a win to needing a draw? Or like, just how do you keep an eye on that game and sort of dictate what you do at the same time? Full focus on uh, ourselves and, and, and winning the game. Uh, I can't control the other game at all, so it's a waste of time me even looking at that, but uh, <clears throat> making sure that we win the game, that's uh, the most important thing. Graeme, Sam McClure from Thread W Radio. I asked you before the Tunisia game what you wanted your legacy to be, and you said just to put smiles on Aussie fans' faces. You've done that. I'm sure you've seen the scenes back home. Now you're closer to extending those smiles. Do you have a feel about what the Denmark game could mean for Australian football, medium and long term? Do you allow yourself to think outside just the pitch and 90 minutes about what it means back home, potentially? No, look, I think uh, if there's probably something that's been proven right is that uh, there's one football team, sporting team, that unites a nation, and it's the Socceroos. And uh, when you look at uh, the celebrations in Federation Square down in Melbourne and you look at... You know, I had a few mates send videos through of, you know, <clears throat> how crazy the place is going. It's, it just shows you how that football is alive and well in Australia. And, uh, again, it's, it's about uh, getting our performance right. It's about making sure that we're ready to go. And, once again, you know, putting smiles on Australian faces once is not enough. Let's do it some more times. My question to Coach Graham Arnold. Uh, today is the 29th of November. At the same this day in 1997, you played the last match with Socceroos against Iran. And you have a tears at that day. So how we can make this tears, you can make this tears as, turn, as a turning point for tomorrow match and we can celebrate together. Thanks, for, thanks, thanks for ruining my day. <laughs> <coughs> That's probably one of the, that was probably one of the worst moments of my football life. And thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we play on the 30th. So the 29th is uh, a training day and just make sure the boys are happy and get them ready. Mark Schwartz of Optusport. Um, first, uh, first question to Arnie. Um, um, 
can you give us enough fitness update of Aiden Rustich? Is he fit to start? And also, how's Nathaniel Atkinson doing? Um, and also then to, to Lex about um, your third World Cup. You've got the experience, you know how of playing at World Cups. You've also played the first two games for the full 90, or not full 90, but a large proportion of them. How do you back yourself up? How do you get yourself ready to be prepared for this massive game against Denmark? You can go first. Good. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, I've obviously experienced previous World Cups and, you know, I, I know that um, the, the key thing is or the experience that I've had is um, if you're not doing all the right things to, to get yourself up for this game, um, there can be fatigue. But like I said, the last two days has been so important and, uh, you know, we've done a lot on, you know, getting in the physio room, doing all the recoveries we need and we've got all the um, resources here. Um, it's been brilliant. So, um yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, we speak about it a lot is, uh, you know, we've got one game um, to get a result to go through to the next round and we've worked four years to get to this position. So if there's not every player on that field giving 100% and more, um, yeah, then I don't know. But I definitely will be um, if I'm there on the field. And, um, yeah, it really comes down to just, you know, having a strong mentality in, in doing that. Yeah, look, Schwartz, I think um, <clears throat> Nathaniel is... Uh, we'll see how he is this afternoon. Um, and Aiden is... Uh, yeah, you saw that he came on the last 15, 20 minutes, so he's in consideration. But we... Uh, it probably be the first time, probably in the four years, I won't name the starting line-up tonight because we need that extra bit of time to see how the boys uh, pulled up after the game. Hello. Christian Porsche from Danish Media Baltico. A question for you, Graham. Have you seen anything from, from Denmark in this tournament that you kind of fear or have to look out for? And uh, for you, Matthew, have you gotten any advices from uh, your goalkeeper, Matthew Ryan, who, who plays in Denmark for FC Copenhagen? Yeah, look, um, obviously, you know, Denmark have been a, a top team in uh, throughout Europe for a long, long time. And uh, we've been watching them for a long, long time. And, but it's again, it's uh, <clears throat> we can only do so much with uh, worrying about them. It's more the focus it has to be on ourselves because it's uh, you know we know they they can play two systems. They can play a three four three or they can play a four four three three. So we've got to be prepared for both of them tactically. Um, but it's, again, it's about getting our our game right. Arnie Clint's done away from nine. Actually, he he's uh, oh sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Maddie hasn't actually said anything, but I'm sure if he has anything um, that he knows, he's obviously probably gone to the coaching staff. But uh, we reviewed them today and yesterday, and um, obviously we're well aware of you know their their danger, and um, you know it's a good side. So um, yeah, we know what we need to know really. But like uh, the coach says, um, it's focusing on what we're going to do. And if we're doing the right things, um, that's what's going to, you know, make have a good outcome in the game. My apologies. Um, question to both, if I can. Um, nerves show that you care. Um, are you both nervous? If not, what's the overriding emotion as you sit here? Excitement. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's not often you get to go to a World Cup and... Uh, you know, I've been saying this to these boys to enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. We've had, uh, we've gone through over the four and a half years, we've gone through some difficult periods of obviously 
through the pandemic and we've only played four games out of 20 uh, at home. So, you know, for the boys just to enjoy this ride. But again, it's all about the belief uh, that within the group, it's about the energy in the players that, uh, they, that we get their energy up and then the full focus is on ourselves and uh, getting our game right. So I've never, <clears throat> you know, I feel really relaxed and, and uh, ready. I think, yeah. lucky, yeah. Sorry, go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the, the the feelings are motivated and excited. Um, you know, I'm not really nervous right now. Um, I'm not, you know, I think uh, we all know the job at hand. And like I said, we've worked so hard to get to this position and we've always believed that, you know, we can create something special. Um, you know, when the, guy, when the Socceroos got out of the group, um, in 06, I was a, you know, a proud fan, and now, you know, we have the opportunity to be players and and do that. And as we saw how proud it makes the the people back home, um, so we're doing it for for the country, for ourselves, for our friends, for our family, and you know, that's motivation in itself. Uh, thank you, uh, Coach Graham. My name is Isaac Swiller from uh, Kenya, citizen. Uh, I wanted to know uh, the tight match tomorrow, no margin for error definitely. Uh, what have you told your players ahead of this game? And we've seen some coaches opt to give players off just to calm them down ahead of the matches. Probably what approach have you employed ahead of this just to get the boys relaxed and calm? Yeah, look, it's again, it's when you don't change the wheel. You know, it, we've, we've been together for four and a half years and uh, <clears throat> the boys know what to do. They know what my expectations are. They know um, what what requires to be at their best and uh and so you know it's it's just about again keeping them happy keeping the energy up and uh making sure that uh we get everything right uh joey lynch for espn question for arnie and for matt arnie you touched briefly yesterday how you'd been reflecting on 2019 afc under 23 championship qualifying in cambodia You've got five members of that squad now with you in Qatar. Could you maybe just expand a bit on how that was a sliding doors moment for your tenure with the national teams and then maybe also what you taking on the Oli Rouge job as well as the Socceroos job, how big that has come to be now that you're here in Qatar. And then for Matt, we heard from Martin yesterday about how you've been helping him out and all of that sort of stuff during the camp. Could you maybe talk us through how you're helping him out? Yeah, look, I, I think there's more than five. Um, that we were that was with us at the Olympics, um, but it was a, a quick fix, and it's not right. Um, when I say that, it's uh, you know whatever happens with this World Cup, we need to. I think the organisation and everything needs a, a review of what's going on at junior development because uh, when I went in 2018 and I first got appointed to the job to Russia, and I watched the them play, I could see straight away that. <clears throat> Kale, Yadanak, Milligan, Cruz, and an, an ageing squad was there, and I needed to, you know, I'd already taken the job, I needed to find players. And then when I started looking, um, then there was nothing coming through. And when you're ringing A League coaches and you're talking about two players per club, I barely could put a, a squad together to go to Thailand and even to Cambodia. And, uh, and you know, that's not right. We need more kids. Given an opportunity in Australia, and uh, there's for me there's massive concerns uh, for the future moving forward unless it's fixed. And uh, so, <clears throat> you know, as I said, it was a quick fix.
And that's why I did the Olympic team for nothing. And that's why I had to do it for a reason. When I asked the organisation, what's the Olympic program? And it's 10 days preparation and they didn't even have a coach two months before. You know, that, those type of things are not right. But at least now, Tony Vidmar's in charge of that. Uh, the Olympic team, he's here with me. And, and as I said, it's, uh, the Socceroos are just the icing on the cake. And whatever that icing, whether it tastes good or bad, the most important thing is the ingredients. And the ingredients is junior development and junior national teams. And if that's not right, then the icing will not taste, taste very good. Lex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm, uh, I'm rooming with Boyley and me and Boyley, you know, from the first time that he, he came into the camp, he's you know been a, a great addition for us, not just on the pitch but off the pitch. Um, you know, he creates a great atmosphere. He's a, a, a very bubbly guy, and uh, you know we sort of clicked right from the get go. So um, we're all devastated, obviously, to hear the news that you know he wasn't going to be able to participate in this tournament. And the first thing you know he said was that he, he would love to to stay here. And um, I'm sure all the boys wanted him here as well. And, you know, I'm, I definitely wanted him here because, uh, you know, if he leaves, then I'll, you know, probably just be in my room doing not much. So we're, uh, yeah, we're really, really close. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's my pleasure to, to help him when I can. Um, I'm sure he would do the same. And, yeah, I'm just very happy that he's been able to stay with us for this time. Graham, Major Nigel from SBS. Just want to ask you about the facilities and how much... Has that been sort of the secret weapon, you think, given the tight turnarounds, just having the Aspatar facility and even just the details when it comes to the training pitches replicating Al Janoub? How important has that been? And as, as Timmy, he's obviously scored goals at World Cups, but has he made a big impact in terms of being able to secure that facility at such short notice given the late qualification? Yeah, look, I think... Uh Five months ago, there was uh, articles written about it was like a university docs, you know, and it wasn't, uh, you know, up to speed of what we should have been staying. You know, we I looked at this uh, three years ago when we were over here and uh, with Joel Freem and Andrew Clark and we came and we looked at the Aspire and it was straight away, it was the easiest decision to make. The facilities are incredible. We don't have to get on buses to go to training. We don't have to, you know, worry about anything else. We've got all the recovery that we need there. We've got great training pitches and it's uh, fantastic. So I do see that as, as a big advantage for us. Uh, hi, Graham. Martin Lipton from The Sun in England. I, I was taken by your comment then about the one team that unites Australia is the Socceroos. And you're on the cusp of a, of a significant achievement. It is... 16 years since the last time, only time you've, you've reached the, the knockout stage. Could this be the spur and spark for a whole generation of Australian kids growing up wanting to be Matt Leckie and Matt and Duke and Goodwin rather than wanting to be Vlad Fittler or Shane Warne or whomever it might be? That... Or, or, or Mark Schwarzer. <laughs> or Mark Schwarzer. <laughs> Thank you to him already. No, look, again, it's, that's the whole purpose and that's what we're... My whole goal is, uh, when I say put a smile on Australian faces, and that is also, you know, it's, and I've said this many times, it's not about me, it's about the game in Australia. You know, you look when, if you're not Australian and you don't know, and, you know, Australia, football in Australia is probably the fourth or fifth main, main sport, 
um, after AFL, rugby league, rugby union, cricket, and then there's football in, in terms of, they call it soccer, but football. So it's, uh, you know, to to leave a legacy is, is, is huge. And, you know, I joke about Schwartz, but, uh, you know, in 2006 and what that generation did, and I was very fortunate. I was there as assistant coach with Goose Hiddink and experienced that as well. And all the kids that grew up, these kids that, as this generation, they were... 10 years of age watching these guys uh, do what they did in 2006 and those guys were their inspiration and when you sit around now, even in the, in the lunchroom and that, these, this generation is talking about emulating the 2006 squad and achieving the same goals that when they were 10 years of age they, they saw. So it's, it's about yeah, putting the, the game on the map a bit more in Australia but again there's so much more work to do that, and to look at that it's, it's crazy. Vince Rigari from the Sydney Morning Herald. That was basically going to be my question, so I may as well ask it to you, Lex. Um, 2006, um, where were you? What was going on in your life? Did that campaign cement your love for football and convince you to sort of take it on as a, as a professional pursuit? And on the back of that, the idea that you're one win away from matching Schwartz's generation and what they were able to do, the thought of what that could do for a whole generation of not just players, but fans, other people involved with the game. Um, you know, ha, ha, you, you've got a lot of motivation to do this, but what about for the players, what it, what it means for the sport as well? Yeah, it's huge for the sport, obviously, um, without really even knowing how much it will impact uh, young kids, but I'm sure um, when they watch the tally and they see the atmosphere and, you know, how big the World Cup is, it could be just one of those things that clicks in their head and says, I want to be a footballer rather than, you know, an AFL player or something like that. So, um, yeah, like uh, Arnie said, you know, the World Cup and us Socceroos, you know, really bring the nation together. And when I was younger, growing up in a AFL environment with my family, um, one thing that, you know, did bring my family to follow uh, football was, you know, the national team and, and the World Cup. So, um, yeah, we can create something special as the 06 team did. Um, but in saying that as well, uh, you know, the other night, when, uh, the other day when we, when we got our result and we won, the first thing that was said was, you know, we haven't really done anything yet because there's still a, another game to go. And um, without a result tomorrow, um, it all means nothing. So... Yeah, just fully focused, trying to stay, um, you know, I think the most important thing is to stay focused and know what the job is at hand, and that is tomorrow and mentally be there, but also physically, and that's why the last few days has been massive on, you know, making sure we're doing all the right things to, to have the energy again to go again tomorrow. Tracy Holmes, ABC. Um, question to both of you. I don't know if you've managed to take in many other games here, but like the one yesterday with Ghana was just sensational. There have been quite a few surprises. And I wonder if both of you could give some thoughts on where the world game is going when you pivot it forward. And, Graeme, a couple of times you've mentioned that work needs to be done. If Football Australia said to you at the end of this campaign, you're in charge of fixing it, <laughs> what are the first three things you'd do? Hire about 150 people. Nah, I, at, at this moment I'm focused on this and then I'm focused on a break. <coughs> um, but, uh, 
the game's getting and growing and growing and growing right across the world. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, Asia is growing so quickly. You know, people can sit back at home and, you know, that their opinion is maybe that, you know, Saudi is not that good and Japan and look what they've done. They've beaten Argentina and they've beaten Germany. And Asia is throwing a lot of money into football. And uh, we need to catch up and do the same thing. Remember a question? Yeah. Um, I think uh, in general, uh, all sports and, and the way, you know, things are happening these days, you know, you see individuals are getting better, they're getting faster, stronger. Um, and football all over the world, I think, is getting, you know, the teams are getting closer and closer together because of that reason, you know. Um, it's one thing going into a game with individuals and tactics but um, I think so much of the game today is about you know the energy the physicality and um, the mentality going into into games and as you see in this World Cup you know the best team doesn't always win and that's for, for, for a few reasons and as um, Ani said you know I think everyone expects us to you know just sort of qualify every time because they maybe think the Asian teams aren't as good um, as what they really are. You know, we know the individuals thoroughly uh, that we play against and, you know, they're good good players. So um, it is very, very tough um, to qualify and, you know, Asian teams are getting better and they've, uh, you know, and they've shown that in this World Cup. Luke Doherty, Fox Sports News. Question to both. Um, I believe Mike Conway is in camp with the side, the mind coach, and has been um, in a parts of the qualification campaign as well. Just wondering, Graham, from you, what you hope the, the team is picking up from him and Lex, what is sort of a nugget that you've sort of taken from it as the squad approaches one of the biggest moments in a lot of players' careers? It's, uh, you know, part of big part of my role is uh, and the way I am as probably as a coach is I'm probably 70% psychologist as well so you know most important thing for me is making sure that uh, I look at the energy I can tell the difference with players I can tell if if there's something wrong just by their energy and their body language um, so <clears throat> you know Mike is Mike is there and Mike said just in case um, you know it's not a, a matter of tapping people on the shoulder every day and finding out or digging or finding problems. It's just there. He's there just in case. Yeah, I think um, for us as players, um, we're very fortunate and privileged to have the staff that we have all across all, um, all areas. Um, and, you know, Mike's a great guy. He's good to have around and I think uh, he's, he's always... Um, there for, for every player in, 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 in every different way. I think uh, every player needs something different. Um, some players speak to him more than others. Um, and, you know, he's a great guy. He's very positive And I think the um, majority of talks you come away from with him are, you know, it's, it's, it's a positive um, conversation. So, uh, like I said, another addition that has helped us along the journey um, and we're very lucky to have what we have as players. Um, yeah.
Uh, hi, Oliver from news.com.au. Uh, question for you, Graeme. Uh, you mentioned the 06 um, campaign. Is there anything you remember from um, what Hiddink did in the lead up to that Croatia game that you uh, have learnt lessons from that you've tried to replicate this time around? Should I answer that, Schwartz? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think uh, one thing was we, uh, he went out for a win and that's what we're going to do. You know, you, you, I've never, I've never coached to uh, play for a draw. It's it's all about winning. And uh, you know, when we talk about '06 and now and, and things like that, you know, we want to be the and uh, we want to go for it. And as I said, you know, get to get two wins in '06. We got one win and one draw. And uh, our ambition is to get two wins and have the most wins ever at one world one World Cup. So it's it's about going out <coughs> and winning the game. Graham David Mark from the ABC. Um, pure practicalities. Obviously, the last couple of days have been all about um, recuperation. Um, what are you going to do at training tonight? Do you uh, do you have the players running at full pace, or are you still recovering from that game? Does everybody train at full pace? Yeah. Look, the next twenty four hours uh, again. It's just about getting the boys ready, and then there will be parts of training where it's sharp, but very small session and a uh, little bit of intensity. Uh, but uh, making sure that the brains are switched on and, and, and ready to go and, uh, and their bodies are ready because the brain, the brain is everything. If, if uh, the brain's not clear and uh, if the brain's not ready, well then, you know, the best tactics in the world and they won't take it in. And uh, if the brain's not ready and clear, then uh, on the physicality side, they'll feel something. So, and technically it's, again, if the brain's not clear and ready, then the technical side won't be right. So it's all about getting that brain right and clear and and uh, them sleeping well. And that was a big thing that we pushed straight after the game was the sleep patterns are well because uh, that's very important for the recovery side of things. Question for Graeme. David Wiener from Keep Up. We just heard from the Denmark uh, team before. Obviously made an impression on them. They expect the Socceroos to, to put pressure on, come at them, run hard. Um, what do you expect from Denmark? Yeah, the same. You know, when you look at their... Uh, when they perform well, they do the same. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think maybe it could be one thing they underestimate us on, and that is our, our uh, quality. You know, I, I, we want to walk away from here. It's not just about, you know, being the fighting kangaroos or the, you know, the, the Australians who just fight all the time, but it's also the quality that we can bring as, as a team as well. Hi, Ben's from Channel 10. Matt, you mentioned several times the importance of uh, your mentality. So what is the correct mentality? Do you have a mantra or what is it that you'll be reminding yourself of tomorrow when you walk out there? Myself? That's for me. Uh, but are you left? Unless you're playing. I say, thank God for that. Um, yeah, I think the, the biggest, the key, key thing in, you know, having a good mentality is that um, going into every game with the same drive, um, mentality in, in the sense that um, not every player or every footballer has a, has a, has a, his best game every every game. But if you if you come out, you go out there with the with the right energy, and um, you know you you um, win your battles, um, then you know that's already half the battle won. And I think a massive key um, point in, in the previous game was. Um, how ready every individual was um, to win their battles, um, and we matched them physically. 
um, if not bettered them physically. And Denmark are another physical team. Um, you know, they work hard as a, as a group uh, with and without the ball. And I've always said uh, every player here, um, the coach has picked to bring our own individual qualities. And there's no reason to, you know, go in a shell now or um, scared of the occasion because what you have done week in, week out to get here is what, you know, got you selected. So just play your game. Um, be positive in playing your game, um, work hard as a team, and um, the performance will, will be there. We'll have uh, two final questions. One. Yeah, Kristen from uh, DR Denmark. Uh, regarding Joachim Mele, he, uh, he hasn't had the tournament that he expected. He said that it, he doesn't have the space as he has uh, the past years, uh, obviously because last year's Euros, uh, he was a new player. Can you tell us how you've prepared for for Joachim Mele, who's obviously obviously hasn't uh, had the tournament he's hoped for? Is that a question for me or Matthew? Oh, for Graham, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't hear who you said. Uh, Joachim Mele, the the left winger, left oh, yeah. okay. Denmark. Can you yeah. can you tell us how he you've prepared for him? Yeah, look uh, again. It's uh, if I tell you that, well then you'll tell him. So <laughs> I won't be able to speak to him. So, uh. <laughs> but uh, look, it's again, it's making sure that uh, we nullify their strengths. And uh, we know they have strengths and we, we'd be ready to, to, you know, take them away from them and make sure that we get our strengths right. Uh, a question for you, Graham, from Danish Press. Uh, 18 months ago, Christian Eriksen was lying dead in mm. the, Euro the European Championship. Now he's here in the World Cup. You're facing him tomorrow. What do you think about his recovery? Fantastic. Inspirational. It's... Um, you know, it's, it's just marvellous that he's here and, uh, and it's, it's, it's truly great that we're going to be playing against him and, you know, I think that uh, you know, it was such a special moment for the Danish uh, national team as well when he came back and when you saw, you know, when he went back and then now he's at Man United and seeing what he's doing uh, shows the rest of the world that uh, how what a strong character he is and, and a top person by the looks of it. I don't know him, of course, but uh, you can see that... Uh, <clears throat> when that sad moment occurred, that everyone rallied around him and behind him, and it was we were actually watching it. Where were we then? Q8, yeah, with World Cup qualifiers, and uh, we were watching it, and it was horrifying. But uh, to see him now back and being at this World Cup, you know, it's uh, special for us to be able to play against him. Okay, and Matthew, you say that the Danish squad has many individual qualities. Who is the most talented players? in the Danish squad? Um, I don't really want to single one out, but obviously, you know, Ericsson is an amazing player who's had an amazing career and I think he's a, a big player, a big leader in their team. Um, I'm sure if you ask their players, they'll probably see him as a leader and one of their major players. Um, he makes a big difference and we've seen how dangerous he can be and... You know, they have weapons um, all over the field. Um, and as I said, as a group, um, from what we've seen in the footage, you know, they all work hard as a group um, to get back and to get forward. So we need to do the same. Um, and that's what's given us um, our chance, our best chance um, so far. You know, willing to be positive, to play positive, to defend positive, And then 
uh, when teams sort of get through our press or whatever it may be, uh, the ability to get back as a group as quick as possible. So um, that's been the, the strong talking point or the what we've worked on and, um, you know, everyone's taken it on board. So, um, you know, the last six months and I think that's why, you know, we've been such a, a difficult team to play against. Hey, hey, hey.